Okay, welcome back, all of you CB Radio Crank Callers, to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that squad consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. Oh, hey, y'all. And Micah. Breaker, breaker, one-niner. This is Bone Daddy here with Motor Mom. Oh, oh sorry, hold on. Wait, that was the wrong channel. My bad, guys. <laughs> so Don't put this <laughs> oh, so stupid. It got me. I fucking got me. I was so stupid. Okay. <laughs> so sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2001 American mystery thriller film, Jesus, called Joyride. It started as a joke. Now the joke is on them. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit that music. Boogies, everyone. This is episode 14 of this illustrious podcast. Hey, that's what I say for every other week. This is episode 14 of the fifth annual Halloween Screamathon. So, this was a Micah pick. Yeah, this was a Micah yes. pick. And Micah dug back into the past, went way back, 2001, way back, and found an interesting film starring our boy Paul Walker. Kiss, kiss, point to the sky. Called Joyride in the UK. It was called Roadkill. I think that's a better name for it. Well, that's okay. It comes back in Joyride 3. Yeah. So uh, there is a remake from 2021, I believe. Uh, They did Joyride again. Is Uh, it really a remake? Yeah. There's three of them and then a remake. So, Uh, But for the uninitiated Joyride, is about two brothers as they are driving, uh, yeah, cross country. They're going to what Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. And no, they're, well, no, no, they're, they're coming from New Jersey. Yeah, going to well, he's originally going to Colorado, but then has to take a, a to detour Boulder. to Salt, Salt Lake City. Yeah, so they start in California. Yeah, because he he starts in, at Berkeley. Oh, that's right. Um, he's going to New Jersey. There you go. Stopping in Colorado to pick up his friend. Yeah. And then he gets past Salt Lake City and has to turn back when he finds out. About oh, things. okay. Well, all of that, but he is heading out with friends on a nice little drive across America and they decide to crank call or just mess with a trucker out on the road with a CB radio. And boy, howdy, that trucker is a killer. And so they are fighting for their lives and doing a lot of running. So uh, one fun fact that I got from this movie, uh, besides the fact that this is a scary film with Paul Walker in it, I didn't know he did that many scary films. He was all about action and, you know, a lot of running around and looking cute and meet the Deedles. That's not action at all, but it's a great movie. But the voice of the trucker, Rusty Nail, his name is Ted Levine. Now you have to be you have to be a pretty 
deep cut kind of person to know that name just off the top of your head. I didn't know that name off the top of my head, but I looked in because he wasn't the body of Rusty Nail. He's just the voice. And the second I heard it, I was like, man, that sounds like Buffalo, like fucking Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs because he's got a great voice. It was Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Uh, that dude's got a creepy ass voice. So it makes sense that they got him to come in and do do it for this movie. Uh, amazing voice. So this film, it's it's a small cast. Honestly, we got Steve Zahn. He's the older dumb brother. And then we have Paul Walker. He's a younger dumb brother. And Lily Sobieski, she is their female friend and kind of dumb too. And so they're just on the run from a killer. So Emma, what did you think about Joyride? I love this movie. It's so fucking dumb. It's also really creepy. Like severely creepy uh why you don't go poking around messing on the radio because you're bored mm-hmm. um but the first time i saw this movie was with an ex that i don't care for and i'm really glad that this podcast brought it up so i would have a better association with this movie <laughs> Uh, because that X, I'm pretty sure I would be totally fine letting some CB trucker run him over. <laughs> but, you know, you didn't hear that from me. You heard it from the other candy cane. But, yes, I I love this movie. It's good. Micah. I certify it as a banger. <laughs> I, like good, I like a good throwback banger, and I'm glad it holds up to my, like, I don't know cherished memories of this movie <laughs> if you want to call it cherished memories he i guess I don't know. this movie came out when i was in junior high so i don't know yeah no you, you have to hold on to something uh i show katie movies from my past all the time and she goes huh that was a movie and i just like keep moving because i don't feel like crying it's like it's like when i brought up boogeyman the the old one and it's like yeah that was a movie all right <laughs> It's like, damn, last time I watched it was in a trailer park in Madeira. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I loved it then. Doesn't hold up that great now, but it'll always have a place in my my childhood heart. Katie? Boys are dumb, and and they've been dumb forever. You right. Yep. You say, hey, all you want, Micah, but I can guarantee you if it was two women in that car, they wouldn't be dicking around with truckers on a CB radio like that. I resemble that remark, okay? Yeah. This is only some shit that some young men would get into. Women would not be anywhere near this. It was chaotic and scary and thrilling, but scary in a different type, in a real life scary kind of way. Not in a like, ooh, there's a ghost and I'm scared of ghosts kind of way. It was a, that could really happen. You piss the wrong person off and... You know they just chase you off the highway or some wild shit like that's too real every day yeah that's that's too real it's a good movie held up because there wasn't any cgi anything in this movie it was great yeah. it's all practical and yeah it was good i haven't seen this movie since fuck man 2001 yeah maybe 2002 or something and it was. It's always fun going back and checking out films that you saw once or twice and be like, man, I remember Joyride. That was a crazy-ass movie. And when I sat down, I knew I had always have to temper my 
my expectations and my emotions for older films, even films that I absolutely love. You know, every time I watch Dead Alive, you know, I love it. But the older I get, just some things just don't hit the same way. And I guess that's just, you know, growing up, you know, like that song. But watching this, it kind of got a new outlook for me. This was more like a, a urban legend or something like that. Uh, very much a cautionary tale. And some of the best horror movies are cautionary tales, you know. But this one, like I said, felt like a urban legend. You know, it's like, oh, man, you ever hear that story? Those two brothers when they were messing with people on the CB radio and then that dude like like chased him down in his like giant truck like oh no well my cousin's like cousin's brother's sister she knew the guy that did the CB radio and got killed by the truck you're like oh my god I feel like you're currently describing the plot of Joyride 2 I've never (laughs) seen that movie but that's probably what Joyride 2 was uh I'll tell you that in the Joyride movies uh our, our boy Rusty Nail comes back it's it's just just rusty nail messing with people. Interesting, because he's not listed in IMDb for number two. Oh, it's not the same person, but oh. it is rusty nail. Oh, might be a might be a the new voice rusty nail. Is different. Yeah, the uh, voice actor's not. Buffalo there. Bill did probably didn't want to come back because I think they start becoming like straight to video ones, and he's like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm 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 fine threatening people over the phone. I'm I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> But it, it this was it was a good one. Like I said, it just had a new look to me while watching it, and it blew my mind that this movie was written by J.J. Abrams. And I always have to remind myself: some of the biggest writers and directors of our time right now, they had to start somewhere, you know. And it's always cool when I see James Gunn's like name pop up in a movie that we're watching. I'm like, oh shit, he wrote this. That's legit. I love this. And just like with J.J. Abrams, you know, no matter how you feel about his, you know, Star Star Wars movies or Star Trek movies, he has a pretty good eye and mind about movies. You know, he's made probably billions at this point just with his movies. But, you know, like I said, he had to start somewhere. So he wrote this cautionary tale about faking your voice on the road, you know, <laughs> But this one has a small cast, like I said before, and it actually has a pretty cool ending. So this movie has five different endings, and they actually went with the one, I'm not going to spoil it, but they go with one of the endings that is different from all the other ones. So if you've seen this movie, you know how it ends, then just think the opposite (laughs) from what could happen. And they went with this one because it was like the coolest one. So I thought that was pretty cool that they sat down and worked out these different endings. Some endings had the female lead fall in love with one of the brothers or the other brother. And they just like, eh, that's weird. So uh, multiple choices. It's kind of like a choosing your own adventure movie. But this film runs for 97 minutes and you can find it on... Hulu. Hulu. Or uh, I think I saw it on something else at some point. And I was like, hey, you look at Joyride. But, Flex. Yeah. But you can find it on Hulu or many other things. So, um, yeah, I, I'd give it a shot, man. It's it's a fun one. Um, This seems like the type of movie you, you would watch in a group and do some giggling and, you know, 
gritting and groaning when you see people come up with really dumb ideas or choices and you know it comes back to bite them in the ass so we will get through this story and talk about our favorite and least favorite characters there were only like four in this movie so let's see who what everybody picks so we meet up with lewis thomas what a weird fucking name said otis so lewis thomas he is on the phone with his childhood friend and I don't know, he's probably in love with her. Her name is Venna. What a weird name, said Otis. So as he is talking to her, it comes up that, hey, man, maybe we should, like, hang out. And it'd be so cool if we could, like, you know. What was it, the plan that if they, if he had a car, he could, like, they could drive together? Yeah. Yes. Home. And so he's like, oh, I do have a car. And he he's looking at his, like, you know, trip ticket. And he's like, well, I'm turning us in and he buys himself a car so he can get on the road and hopefully get himself a girlfriend out of all of this so as he is driving he gets a call from his mother and he finds out that his older brother fuller name said otis has been arrested in salt lake city no yes close to salt lake city i believe no salt lake city okay and he's been arrested and so they don't really go fully into the relationship that Lewis and Fuller has, but it seems like Fuller was just that older brother that, you know, it's like, you'll never amount to anything. And he's like, watch me not do anything right. And he runs off into the darkness to get arrested multiple times and get into trouble. So uh, he's that poop brother. But Lewis drives out to get him. He goes out 200 miles out of the way to pick his estranged brother up. So he bails him out and Fuller tags along for the drive back home. So Fuller gets Lewis a CB radio. So for you younger folk out there, CB radio is a citizen's band radio. And it's a shortwave uh, one-to-many voice thingy. So it's like a really fancy walkie-talkie. And you can talk to other people that have them usually truckers or long haul vehicles have a lot of them <laughs> and it's just what you do with them um they, i think they're still used to this day but it's it's very low tech but people still use it because it's reliable i will say so the cb radio is installed in lewis's car and the two start listening to the truckers talk to each other and actually fuller knows a little bit of the lingo and he's talking to some of the truckers and he learns that oh uh there's a a cop you know doing a speed trap like 40 miles up the road so watch out and he's like oh well you can speed 39 miles and then slow it down he's like okay cool so they start doing that so fuller talks to his brother and he tells him that hey we should play that prank like we used to back in the day where you like you know talk like a woman and we pranked people. They're like, ha ha, you were talking to a dude. You were talking about taking your dick and pulling it out. Ha ha, you know, that kind of thing. Because that's fun to do, I guess. And so they actually get caught up in a little prank. I don't know, communicado with a driver, truck driver named Rusty Nail, nicknamed Rusty Nail. And so Lewis pretends to be a woman named Candy Cane. Uh, I have a friend to this day. He just says Candy Cane, and he says it like the trucker in this movie. Candy Cane. Yeah, he says that a lot. And I was, I, I 
for the longest. I was like, where is he getting that from? Oh, it's from Joyride. Why is that burned into your brain? He's like, I don't know. I just like, he, the man said candy cane like 20 times in the movie. <laughs> so they set up a meeting with Rusty Nail because this is just the funniest thing to do while you're driving, you know, down the road. And they tell Rusty Nail that Candy Cane will be waiting at this hotel, motel, actually, in room 17. And they pick room 17 because that's the room of a very shitty businessman that had a lot of racist things to say to the person that was working behind the desk at the hotel or the motel and pushed Fuller. So Fuller's like, hey, man, let's get revenge on that guy. Let's let's have Rusty Nail walk up to the door with champagne and uh, red, ready to get it on. And his angry dude pops out. It'll be hilarious. You know, nothing wrong will come of this. And, you know, Lewis is like a goose. So that night they get room 18 right next to room 17. And they hear some type of an encounter. You hear Rusty Nail come to the door and he's knocking on it. And then you hear the businessman be really pissed off. And then somewhat of a struggle happens, and then it gets real quiet. So Lewis and Fuller are, like, listening on the wall, and they call up front, and they say, like, hey, we think we heard, like, a scuffle or struggle, you know? You should check it out. The motel person calls the room, and uh, someone answers and says everything's all good. So they go to bed, and they wake up the next morning. There are police everywhere. Turns out, the businessman's body was found on the median in the middle of the road. He's not dead, but he's in a coma because his jaw got ripped off. So now the boys are very, uh, very terrified because they caused a man to get his jawbone ripped off. Uh, just like in Pineapple Express, when that one guy was like, he's like, I'm a nice dude. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like ripping man's jawbone off. I seen it. <laughs> So uh, they are a bit scared right now. Uh, they learn from the police chief. Hey, it's what's his name from Supernatural? Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, they learn from a young old Bobby. Grumpy. Grumpy as ever. <laughs> I'm going to jump the shark a little bit. And later on, we see Rufus as well. He pops for out of literally one second. But he pops out of a hotel room that they're knocking on the doors. He pops out. Oh, look, Bobby was in it. Now Rufus. All right. Yeah. They're on, they're on a job. They're on a hunt. Right? This movie's got everything. <laughs> so the sheriff tells them to get the hell out of his state or city. State. Get, just get out of here before I put my foot up your ass. I could see Bobby saying that. So they drive off. And they're like, man, what a weird night. Well, let's get back on the road. And then, oh, no. Apparently, they get a call from Rusty Nail. And then Rusty Nail is still looking for Candy Cane. And Lewis reveals that it's, it's a prank, bro. It's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank. And Rusty Nail uh, wants an apology. But Fuller's like, nah, man, I, I ain't doing that. How about you go, you know, kick rocks, bud? And Rusty Nail tells him, hey, you should get your taillight fixed. Uh, the whole movie, the taillight was busted. And they start freaking out. They're like, oh, holy guacamole. <laughs> He's right behind us. Ah, and they get Looking off. On the... when, when he gets pulled over the first time, Paul Walker's reaction, it's like, oh, and I'm going to ticket you for that busted taillight. He's like, I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> they hit an exit real quick. And as they are getting gas and they're like 
peeping, peeping out to see any trucks get close to him. An ice truck comes up and, you know, Fuller's out pumping the gas and he's really terrified. And we see a big dude come out of said ice truck with a with a bat. And he's just a walking and Fuller's like, holy shit, it's him, it's him. So Paul Walker, excuse me, Lewis <laughs> is on the phone because he's going to try to call the cops. But the cops, it's a busy tone. Actually, he has to leave a message. Crazy guy with the bat comes into the store and Lewis pays for the gas with his credit card and scuttles off. We see the guy with the bat come out of the store real quick and starts chasing the boys as they drive off. Uh, they're dumb and don't know where they're going. So they drive to a dead end and then drive into the fucking desert. And then they hit a gate. And the guy hops out of the ice truck and tells him, hey, you left your credit card in there. And he's like, oh, okay. I thought you were here to kill us. And he's like, nah, just trying to be nice. I'm like, oh, my bad. <laughs> I really thought you were a scary, scary person. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so the ice truck starts driving off. And then, oh, my Lord. The real Rusty Nail drives through said ice truck and then just rolls up on him. And then they hop into the car and they start driving away. So it's real. This dude's out for revenge. <laughs> so Lewis is doing his best, you know, Fast and Furious impression. Uh, the Fast and Furious movie, the first one happened before this movie. So he did get some good driving training. But in the first one, Brian's really not that good at driving. So, you know, it's past like the second movie and he gets really, really good. So he crashes the car against a tree sideways and then Rusty Nail starts ramming said car from the middle and is crushing it. And so Fuller starts apologizing over the CB radio and Rusty Nail's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just playing with you. Just messing with you. That's all I needed to hear. Just goofing. <laughs> New boot goofing. I'm just goofing out here. That's all I wanted was an apology until you yelled at me. Yeah, see, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> and then Rusty Nail drives on off. And so they're like, holy shit, this is terrifying. They get the car fixed, well, the glass, and they got some of the spots on the side buffed out, but it's still some scrapes on it. And they actually get to Venna in Colorado. So they meet up with Venna and, you know, she's like, how is everything going? They're like, pretty good. Nothing happened. <laughs> the drive was just fine unfortunately as they pick up venna and drive off they head to a bar and they start getting some drinks and then they meet some really mean mean people from nebraska and they almost get into a fight but you see that fuller runs off with venna to get her out of the way of the danger and now yes. there's this weird love triangle situation happening in the movie they set it up like that because they were going to choose one of the brothers to actually be the, I don't know, recipient of Venna's love. But then they chose the option of no one. And just let's just keep on with the movie. It was really weird for a while because she seemed to really enjoy Lewis. But then the older brother is like, hey, I got this booze. You want to drink it? She's like, she tried to say no to him several times. Yeah. She yeah. tried to get him out of her room. She was like, no, nah, I'm ready to go to sleep. Mm, where's Lewis? Mm, this is weird. Mm. I love when guys can't take hints or understand the word no. It's my absolute favorite. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Puke. Yeah. 
What? <laughs> so while Lewis is sleeping off his, I don't know, at least six tequila shots, he gets a call in his room. He picks up the phone. It's Rusty Nail, and he's like, "Hey, hey, I, I see that uh, uh you, you picked up candy cane. You said there wasn't a candy cane." He's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> And now he starts to know their names. And he's like, oh, my God, this man knows a lot about us. They hop into the car and drive off. So as Fuller is driving down the road, he sees that the road signs have a message for them. It says, look in the trunk. Oh, it says trunk. (laughs) (laughs) Simpsons. I, I couldn't help myself. And the CB radio that they threw out the window earlier is back. Holy guacamole. So um, they said that the range on a CB radios is like five miles. So Rusty Nail is legit following them from some distance and just like, man, I'm going to kill these people. <laughs> no one makes me a fool. No one. <laughs> so they get the CB radio going and then they listen in and they find out that, well, Rusty Nail did kidnap somebody, kidnapped Venice's friend Charlotte. And she is in trouble. And so he's like, you're going to, I'm going to tell you what to do. If you want to see your friend alive, you're going to head to this cornfield over here and walk a hundred steps this way. And you'll have, you'll see a surprise. And they're like, okay. They get out the car and start walking. And then Rusty Nail drives up and he's trying to run them over. So they run into the cornfield and they do the one thing you do in a cornfield is run in a straight line away from the bad thing that's chasing you. And then they split up. That's the other thing you do in cornfields. You know, you don't stay together. You split up. And unfortunately, Vina gets snatched up by Rusty Nail. He actually hops out of the truck, grabs her e- easily, and gets away. So now the boys get another call telling them to meet them, meet him at a motel room 17, just like earlier in the movie, and make sure to bring that champagne. And then the car explodes. So... They steal themselves a truck from a gas station close by and they head out to find the correct motel. Now there's like a line of motels and they run up to every door 17 and just beat on it like they're the cops. And people are like, what the hell do you want? They're like, oh, not the right one. And they just keep running. So Rusty Nail has set up a very spooky trap. So he has taped Venna to a chair and nailed the legs of the chair to the carpet and the floor, I guess, and set up a shotgun. And so if anyone opens the door, the shotgun will just absolutely blow Venna away. And so that's going to be the trap. So when they head into the room, it's empty. The boys go in. Venna is actually in room 18 along with rusty nail and rusty nail is like hey so you probably were like listening through the walls like earlier like no one likes to be made fun of it's like i'm gonna get revenge maybe you should come over here and we should talk about it and so he's trying to get them to get this girl killed so fuller actually runs around the hotel room and peeps in through a window in the back and he makes the tiniest sound and rusty nails like oh hey it's you breaks the glass and starts grabbing Fuller and dragging him into the room and holds his gigantic hand over Fuller's mouth so he can't call out to his brother. 
and Lewis is about to open the front door and blow away his potential girlfriend. Fuller gets his hand free a little bit and calls out to his brother and says, don't open the door. So Fuller falls backwards, gets a pipe in his leg for all his trouble, and then Rusty Nail, like, drags him off a little bit and hangs him up by his collar. Um, I thought he gave him a wedgie, like the most ridiculous wedgie. That would have been really funny. I wish he did that. So Lewis is trying to get Fuller free from the the fence that he's stuck on, and we see the truck is driving away, but then it turns around, and then it just starts driving straight toward them, going really fast. So at this point, the cops got a call earlier from Rusty Nail saying, like, hey, I saw some dead bodies in this hotel. Bye. And hangs up. So the cops are systematically checking every room, you know, doing the police open up, and they just drop kick the door open, and they are getting closer and closer to the room where Vena is and the shotgun. So Lewis hops back into the window and pulls Vena out of the way as the shotgun goes off. And so the cops come in. They're really confused about the situation because Lewis is just sitting there. And then there's a, a woman just tied up to a chair, bound and gagged. So Lewis hops up, hops out the window and goes to save his brother. The cops come out to try to arrest him because he just ran away from cops. And they see this fucking truck driving, barreling toward the motel. The cops open fire, but then they were like, this is stupid, and hop out of the way. And Lewis and Fuller actually get free and dive the other direction. The truck drives through the motel, and then everyone actually is safe. Hooray. Inside the truck, Hey, it's Charlotte. It's Venna's friend Charlotte. And hey, the trucker's here and he's dead. So he was driving the truck and he's dead. He got shot up a lot and crashed. Hooray, this movie's over. Ha ha. So they find out, the police tell the boys that, oh, he's just some ice trucker named Jones. That's all we know. And they sit there and they're like, wait, ice trucker? Oh no. And then... On the CB radio behind them, they hear the voice of Rusty Nail. And so he has moved on. So I guess he is done screwing with these kids. And he's back on the road in, a, in another truck, I guess, looking for the next victim. And that is the end of Joyride. We're sorry. Your trucker is in another vehicle. Right. <laughs> so, Emma, who is your favorite character in Joyride? I said Venna. Because she just wanted to, like, get in the car and hang out with the guy and drive and be done with the trip. And she stood up for herself very well. She didn't want anything to do with the brother that was being very pushy. So I said Venna. Micah? Uh, I guess of the few characters, I'm going to go with uh, Paul Walker's character. Lewis. Lewis. Good brother. He's a good brother. for good, good, Good guy for looking out and... Taking time out of his busy schedule to uh, pick up his brother. To uh, fish. His every, brother everything else was kind of just. Bullshit. He was a dumb teenager. Yeah. I don't know how old he was. I'm sure he was in his 20s, but he just. He was a dumb teenager. And then that carried him to, into one of the largest money making. Right. Isn't that crazy? Things on the planet. <laughs> Did this movie and then just like, yeah, I'm going to just be in this series and just make all the money in, in the world. <laughs> oh, sorry. I chose Lewis, Paul Walker's character. Um, 
Yeah, he was the only one. Well, not the only one, but the of the two brothers who were in it the whole movie, he was the only one with common sense. And uh, I really liked his character. So it was a little tough trying to find a favorite character in this movie because everybody was kind of poop. You know, the brothers, they, and it's funny, usually in horror movies, somebody has to read from the book or open the scroll or open up the coffin, you know, and somebody had to do it. But I've never seen a movie where the majority of the group does it. I guess the closest thing to that is like, I know what you did last summer where they all kind of had their hand in the doom that they caused, you know? And so it was just weird. I'm like, Lewis is supposed to be the good kid. And he's like, oh, I'm a a sexy lady. Uh, What would you do if if I was sitting in the truck next to you? And he's like, I don't know, take off your bra. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I don't really, I don't typically do this. Yeah, this this is weird. This is is weird. Usually I just rip off jawbones. I don't don't really know how to do it. I'm glad I'm really happy we're doing this over an open channel of a CV radio, you know. <laughs> oh, the truckers are just zooming in. They're like, oh shit. <laughs> Enhance. It's free erotica for the rest of the truckers. Yeah, that's why no one else said anything. No one said shut the fuck up. Everyone's like, shut up. They were saying shut the fuck up to other people. Like, shut although, up. Although in real life, although in real life, I bet somebody would have been, been, gotten on there and been like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Someone was trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to the Bible audio podcast <laughs> and your your low-grade pornography is bothering me <laughs> but, jesus just um, take a nap right uh i guess i'm gonna go no i'll go with the person that i made me smile the most and that was rusty nail rusty nail just wanted just wanted a little bit of revenge and a this, little bit yeah well at first it was kind of a little bit and then rusty nail's like man they're stupid <laughs> I'm gonna keep fucking with him. Uh, Russ Nail's a maniac, but uh, a really smart maniac, very accomplished. It was crazy how much a truck driver was able to keep up with this tiny little car that was, I assume, scooting away. But it's from the 70s, it wasn't going that fast. Yeah, you're right. It was an old car. Like, oh, they're going like 60. Shit, I can do 60. (laughs) Yeah. And for a majority of the movie, uh, he didn't have a bed on his truck. He was, or uh, he wasn't pulling anything. He was just his the front, and the front of the truck can go like eighty. Oh, you're probably. right. This thing's scoot. But yeah, no, Rusty Nail. He's probably the coolest part. Or if anything, the voice of Rusty Nail. That was the best part, really. It was a very creepy voice. So Emma, who is your least favorite character in Joyride? Racists. So the first guy from the first motel that I was. Have a job hollering at the desk guy that guy was fucked up i i literally don't care how stupid the brothers were how fucked up rusty nail was how the cops were just like bust 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 whatever no racist racist assholes will forever be my least favorite characters micah i was gonna say the man in room 17 also I mean, t- to be fair, he wasn't the villain and became a victim, but he broke you know, his jaw. He broke his jaw. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Uh, that guy sucked, but the answer is Fuller. Fuller was a piece of shit, man. Not only would he not take no for an answer from Lily Sobieski when she was just like, bro, no, I'm trying to go to sleep and I shouldn't drink anymore. Yeah. Um, But 
Rusty Nail literally just asked him for an apology, and rather than giving an apology over the CB radio and putting an end to the whole fucking affair, he decided to get on that radio and, like, unleash all hell to Rusty Nail about how big of a piece of shit Rusty Nail is and all this other stuff. And, like, you didn't have to say that. Just fucking say sorry, and you could have ended this whole thing. A sincere apology would go a long fucking way. Like, you know you fucked up, and you were still 100% committed to your fuck up. Absolutely. Also, I, I remember when, when Paul Walker busts in the room, he's like, he called and said you were over here, which is also another question of mine. Why are you over here? And Yeah, exactly. How dare you try to get with fucking the woman you know your brother is in love with? Bullshit. You're garbage. Otis. So, watching this movie... And like I said, it has the air of a of an urban legend, a cautionary tale, like I said. So usually in urban legends, everybody is honestly at fault. Uh, Venna, a lower percentage, she was just along for the ride and just got caught up in all of this. But uh, the brothers, Lewis and Fuller, they were both fucking liabilities. Fuller, uh, a whole lot more. But all it took was a couple of punches in his shoulder for Lewis to just be like, okay, yeah, let's just, you know, I'll talk like, you know, put my woman voice on and screw with this guy. He could be a maniac, but fuck it, you know, we're in a car. He don't know where we are. Oh, shit, he found us. Help us, cops, you know? It it was just a mess. But, like I said, it, it, you don't really see movies where everybody joins in with the madness. Usually it's one person, oh, I'm sorry I read from that book. But, you know, like I said before, just like I know what you did last summer. You know, everybody helped out. So I'm going to go with the Thomas brothers, Lewis and Fuller Thomas. Mm-hmm. So let us do seven word synopsis. So I have a couple. My first one is, ha ha, you crank call the psycho killer. That'd be me if someone called like, we need help, Otis. Like, why? Well, I don't want them to know where the fuck I am. Don't bring me into your shit. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do this. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, this question, I assume, was in the room where they were writing the movie. Does Venna like Lewis or Fuller more? And so that was that was a very important question that they needed to figure out. Um, my next one is just pivot out of the cornfield, dummies. Katie and I were talking about. Oh it. my god! I had that same yeah. fucking thought. Jesus Christ! <laughs> the second I hit the cornfield. Take a hard left or right, like you're a fucking running back, and yeah, go back, back out. out of the cornfield. Yeah. That truck is booking it. He can't stop they, that quickly. He can't did stop it at the time. And they did it at the end of the movie from the ground. Yeah, just and just break off. Can't catch all of them. And then my last one. So the killer got away. That's different, uh, especially in this day, like in the two thousands. Usually killers, they just died, you know. But like I said, sometimes they come back and scream, hell, it, it wasn't the same person every time, but the, the idea of the killer came back. But uh, yeah, they they were like, yeah, he's good. He got away. He has another truck, apparently. Also, another less likely thing, so did all the good guys. I mean, good guys in quotation, but... Yeah, everybody in this movie kind of got away. I mean, if you were close by, you got killed. But if the, if you were a main character, you were fucking fine in this movie i mean technically the only guy that he killed was the 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 front desk guy at 
the last Cash hotel. Window. And then maybe the ice truck guy. We don't know if he killed him or he just got shot up because somebody had to have been changing gears, which is kind yeah. of a plot hole. But, you know. Katie. Sorry. What are we doing? Seven words? Yes. My bad. My brain is somewhere else. Okay. Uh, what we ain't doing? Fucking with truckers. <laughs> <laughs> and how'd that truck catch up so fast? <laughs> Micah. Oh. All right, I got a few. Listen, you're cute, but not that cute. <laughs> <laughs> you good or need me to drive? I also had an alliterative. Fuck out of here stealing my shit. <laughs> oh, shut up. You do it better than me anyway. Let I me know I one. do, but still. This this one kind of fizzled out at the end, so. Troubled to some test trucker's tolerance. Tank travel lodge. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, what a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> <laughs> and the friends we met along the way. Oh, my God. Okay, I have Breaker 1-9, Breaker 1-9. Yikes. <laughs> and then I have two alliteratives. CB siblings should have said sorry, saving some. Yep. And then Trucker Tracks Trio turning trucky talk treacherous. Very nice. So I'm trying to look up all of the extra endings to this movie because there's one that the truck catches on fire. So Rusty Nail was chasing him down and the truck catches on fire. And then the truck was going to run into a water tower and then the water was going to put it out. And so to leave the option of, hey, he might have survived because the water put it out. But to break a water tower would have cost $100,000. And they said, nah, we're good. <laughs> so they went with, you know, this fake angle. All of the other endings that they were going to do, Rusty was going to just straight up die and the kids would win. You know, Rusty's fingers and jaws were going to be cut off and and one, he would catch on fire and then one day would actually like just beat his ass and then kill him. But they went with the... You know, the one where he actually survives. They didn't even go with the one with the question mark. He's just like, I got away. So you and just run off. So it's a little interesting what they went with. Maybe they thought they could make sequels and they did. But, you know, none of the good people would come back for it. So this film came out October 5th, 2001. Jesus Christ, I'm old. So what do you guys think the budget for this movie was? Katie. I said twenty dollar dues. Emma. Five dollar dues. Micah. Hmm, Fourteen dollar dues. The budget for Joyride was twenty three dollar dues. Okay, go. I don't know where that money went. They went to Paul Walker, who was famous as shit in two thousand one. Yeah. Lily yep. Sobieski, who was also super famous in two thousand one, and Steve Zahn, who had also made a decent amount of money. And Steve Zahn, he was there. He was there. I mean, he had done a lot of stuff. Also, they they did crash a truck into a motel and drive through another truck. Yeah, you're right. So and then light a car on fire. So there were there were some big big moments that could have cost some money. That's true. Especially if they had, especially if they had to do it more than once. Yeah, you're right about that. Movies involving car crashes cost a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Like you look at the budget on the Fast and the Furious, like the first Fast and the Furious, before any of those people were really famous, 
that shit costs so much money because they were just like, we're going to crash this car and then this car and then this car and then this wild shit's blowing up. <laughs> just like, goddamn. Yeah. So what do you guys think the box office was? Katie? I'm going to go with $40 dues. Emma? $50 dues. Mike? I'll go 100 Micah with the high hopes for this film. They were a bit too high. But the film made $36.6 dues. Now, I don't get why the reception was pretty good. People, it had an average grade of like a B plus. Uh, And people were like, I mean, this is fun. But I guess just a ton of people didn't go watch it. I am going to go and see what movies this movie had to fight against. So October, I'm set this out. 2001 movies. Well, while you're searching for this, I do want to retract a earlier statement about Rufus making an appearance because apparently it's credited as Hank from The Office. Not Rufus. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. the security guy. No, not, yeah. Well, the security guy in The Office, but he was just a guy who showed up at one of the doors. Well, I know. That's what I was talking about. Hank, yes. the security guy. Yes, Hank, the security guy from The Office. Okay. Not oh, that's why. So, a few movies that came out around the same time. We have Training Day, so that Ethan Hawke film is actually really fucking good. Serendipity, Zoolander, From Hell. This one with uh, um, the dude that was married to that lady that liked to poop on things. Can't oh, remember. Amber Heard? Yeah, married to... Well, the husband. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, yeah. <laughs> 13 Ghosts. Hey. <laughs> uh, Max Cable's Big Move. I like that movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. The Others. Rush Hour 2. Bones. That's what Snoop Dogg. He's trying to be in a scary movie. Rat Race. Jeepers. Jeepers. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Wow, that was a lot of movies that fucking came out. My goodness. Yeah. The first Shrek. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was a lot of bangers at one time. Ugh, Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> oh, I take it back. Yeah, Pearl Harbor. Well, which one did you point at, Katie? Another. It was not the right month. Uh, You know what came out in August? Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> but Monsters, Inc. came out in October. Yeah. 2001. Uh, 2001. That was the Royal Bombs, Shallow Howl, Life is a House, Ginger Snaps, K-Pax. Yeah, Donnie Darko. It was a lot. Yeah. Bubble Boy, that movie's great. So I'm just saying that there were a little more solid, scary movies came out weeks before and after Joyride. So there was a bit of competition, and there was just some really, just really good movies that came out. Fucking The Mummy Returns, man. Uh, it was just 2001 was a solid year of movies, as I'm saying. So, minority kill count. That is a big old zero. Um, Yeah. So, the number is still 392. And a Tito Turtle. And a house. And a plane full of vampires. So, does anybody have anything else to say about Joyride before we get out of here? It was really good. I experienced joy on this ride. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. So with that, that is the end of this episode. If you have any other cool fun facts about, I don't know, CB radios or catfishing people with your voice, you can 
send that info to Katie at Allentown Pod. We have an email that is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, my Facebook app. Allentown Presents. So, this was episode 13 in the books in the pocket out of sight. We have 18. Hey, I'm still counting good. I went to school. We have 18 more scary movies, and we are. are I, I really enjoy the set list we got. I say that every year, but I really do. So the music you're listening to right now, that is Flippin' Combined Effort, Flippin' CE, anywhere you can find them. The Studio Fitas, thank you so much for the artwork. So for Katie, Emma, Micah, Sleepy Old Bella laying right in front of us, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Cheers. Hi out there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Make sure on the next episode you bring the pink champagne.